After I was born again, my best friend came to me and said, Joni, now you have to go to church. And I said, oh, I do? And she said, yes. So I went to the church that she and her husband went to, which was a non-denominational Bible church. We lived in Dallas, and the professors at Dallas Seminary were the pastors at that church. The thing that Donna said when I asked her, what do we do now, was nothing. We don't do anything now. And I, I thought that was rather strange. But I had very, very fast, I had to make a decision, a choice. A choice between that church that we were attending and the Bible. Because they were teaching something exactly opposite to what the Bible said. They were teaching that tongues are of the devil. And the Bible, I came across a verse in 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul said, Forbid not to speak with tongues. That was exactly opposite from what we were being taught at church. So I had to make a choice, either leave that church group or leave the Bible. So I chose to leave that church group. All along the way, there have been choices to make. Choices of whether to allow my own flesh to do what it wants to do or to hear from the Spirit of God and follow the Spirit. Constant choices. The flesh wants to go one way. The Spirit of God tells me to go another way. The devil sides with the flesh to try to get me to go in the way that is opposite to God. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 5, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. I saw that our name can be removed from the book of life. Romans chapter 8, there's no condemnation to them who walk after the Spirit. Because if you walk after the Spirit, you fulfill the law of God. Because the Holy Spirit will not bring to your mind things opposite to God. He will lead you in the way of God. And that fulfills the law of God. But the flesh goes exactly opposite to the Spirit of God. Now, many people think that they can improve. They think after they've been in church a certain number of years and heard preaching that they can improve. Well, you can't improve in the flesh. You are born with the nature of man. And it is a sin nature. 
adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, drunkenness. These are all works of the flesh. You never really get over the flesh. It never improves. In Romans chapter 7, Paul said, I, he was convinced, he was persuaded that in his flesh there was no good thing. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it's identified for us exactly what the flesh does, what the works of the flesh are. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. Idolatry is basically setting up fleshly things in a religious setting and sort of making them a connection with God, fleshly things. Crossing yourself, lighting candles, these are all forms of idolatry. In, they are not, we're not told in the New Testament Bible to do these things. Man sets them up by his own flesh. One time a Baptist woman called me, her husband had died, and she took his study area of the house and cleaned out the bookshelf and set up a memorial to Jesus, and she wanted me to come and see it. I did not do that, because anything we can see with our natural eye is a fleshly work. In John chapter 4, Jesus told the woman at the well, Ye know not what you worship. We know what we worship. And that God looked for people who worshipped him in spirit, and in truth, it is not a fleshly type thing that we do when we worship God. But it is a fleshly thing that the world does when they think of religion. There was a man in our church group once that had gone to some kind of meeting. And he came back to our church group and he said, Oh, it was such a wonderful meeting. And he kept talking about this wonderful meeting. And I said to him finally, well, what was so wonderful about it? He said, oh, they set up three big crosses at the end of the table, and they covered them with flowers. That man is no longer in our church group. He worshiped by the flesh. Idolatry is setting up religious things of the flesh to worship God. Witchcraft is living in superstitions. How many Christians today are living in superstitions? They believe a number 13 is unlucky. Or they go to dinner and they click their drink classes together. What are they saying when they do that? Wishing each other luck? That's a superstition. I see football players run out on the football field and cross themselves for luck. I see kickers doing it all the time. That is witchcraft. One of the greatest shocks to me one time was when I was watching a football team and a famous quarterback who had gone to school at Baylor University in Texas 
He ran out on the football field and crossed himself. And I said, he's from Baylor, a Baptist school. How can this be? And I was horrified. Other works of the flesh, hatred. You don't have to be taught to hate. You're born with hatred in you. Variance to vary. When you get old enough, you will hate. Even as a little child, you'll strike out at other people. Don't little children strike out at each other? That's the flesh. If you have any animals, you'll see the flesh soon enough. You touch that animal and it reacts one way or the other. It either strikes out at you or rubs against you. That's the flesh. And that's the nature of man. That's what we're born in, is flesh. Variance is to vary with other people. That's a work of the flesh. Emulation is a work of the flesh. That's exalting yourself above other people. Wrath is a work of the flesh. Wrath is wanting people to get what's coming to them for doing things to you. That's wrath. Strife, seditions. Sedition is leaving what the Bible says to set up what you think. We see that all the time. The Bible says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew 5, 32. Churches everywhere set up other doctrines saying it's all right for a man to marry a divorced woman. They say things like it's all right for women to divorce their husbands and remarry. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 and 11, it's a commandment of the Lord, says Paul, let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled with her husband. Seditions are common. That's a work of the flesh. We have to hold to Scripture, what the Bible says, what the Holy Spirit shows us. Heresies are refusing the power of truth. Other works of the flesh are envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, that's partying, feeding the flesh through sex, drugs, booze, that would be revilings, and such like. And Paul tells us this about the works of the flesh. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The flesh never improves. It's just like being born with your arm. You have your arm. It doesn't necessarily, well, I guess it could get better with weightlifting, but the flesh itself does the works of the flesh. The Spirit does the works of God. When we are born again, we are given the Spirit of God. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, and the Spirit of Jesus lives in us. We see that in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6, we see it in 2 Corinthians 13. We learn to control the flesh by keeping the flesh crucified 
by choosing to go in the way of the Spirit, which is the way of God. And every time we choose to go in the way of God, the flesh suffers because it didn't get its way. That is what is called suffering in the flesh. Because the flesh wants to do one thing or say one thing. And the spirit tells you to do another thing or say another thing or not to say anything. We have this promise from God. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. We have to want to escape. I've seen people who were church people who did not want to escape. Many times I've seen that. One of them was our own Bible teacher at Word of Faith. Unknown to us, he was committing fornication at bars at night. He was picking up women. I knew he was going to the bars. I also know that drinking is not forbidden in the Bible. Drunkenness is forbidden. But I knew he was going to bars. And I had a message for him during that time. He was our Bible teacher. What I told him is this, Don, before you go to the bar, sit down and write a teaching and send it to me. Just before you get ready to leave for the bar, write out a teaching and send it to me. He did that for about four or five days, and then he stopped. Later, he told me he had begun to not want to go to the bars when he was writing teachings to me. The Spirit was overcoming his flesh, but he turned and stopped sending the writings to me to go back to the bars. So you have to want the way to escape. There have been many times that I have been in a uh, situation of temptation where I wanted to tell somebody off. I know that's a work of the flesh. And while I was with that person, I was praying, God, please don't let me say that. And it always kind of shocked me when I came away from the person and realized I didn't say that. God stopped me. There have been many times I have prayed for God not to let me do something that I knew was wrong. And he's always stopped me. Always. So if you really want to escape your flesh, you can pray and God will help you to escape. But you're not going to escape permanently. We don't. We have this flesh to deal with as long as we are living on the earth. Therefore, it is a continual battle to overcome. And Jesus says if we overcome, he will not blot our name out of the book of life. Now, there are many scriptures that tell us what will happen if we fail to overcome and go the way of the flesh. 
God can turn you over to a reprobate mind if you choose not to keep God in your thinking or the ways of God in your thinking. We read that in Romans chapter 1. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. As I understand it, a reprobate mind is a mind that no longer has the judgment of God. Paul takes it a little bit further. He says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate? Paul is telling us right there that Jesus Christ is in us, but can be removed from us by God if we refuse the way of God. If you keep refusing the way of God and go out to the bars or go partying or commit adultery or commit fornication, I know one woman in a church group, I know two women in a church group who not only committed fornication but had an abortion. Well, no, there was just one of them that did that. She, uh, the other one was married to her second husband and he didn't want the child. That was his child. He did not want it. And she told me that she didn't want to have an abortion, but her husband wanted her to have an abortion. And all the way to the abortion, she kept praying or kept thinking how she wished her husband would call and change his mind. But he didn't. And she said that even 30 years later, it grieved her because she had had that abortion, killed her own child. The other woman was twice divorced, and she committed fornication at one point when she was married, and she became pregnant and had an abortion. I said to her, well, were you going to church at that time? Were you a church person? Well, she said, no, she wasn't going to church, but she was raised in the church. From the time she was a baby, she knew better. She is, neither one of these women are with us today. Both of them have been removed from our group. So I know we can have Jesus removed from us by God. We can be turned over to a reprobate mind. I know we can fall away from Scripture. Jesus even said at the end times, he said this in Matthew 24 verses 12 and 13 concerning the end times because iniquity will abound the love of many will wax cold and I think that he means the love of many for the word of God would wax cold and they would love secular things and set aside the things of God and he said but he that endureth until the end shall be saved to the end, to the end of the time you're breathing on this earth, to keep the love of God in your heart by doing the word of God, keeping the flesh crucified by choosing to go in the way of God. Let's look at that reprobate once again, Romans 1. Paul says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. In other words, they didn't like 
to keep before them the way of God. They chose the way of the flesh. Instead of choosing God, turning to God to keep them from being angry at someone, they lashed out in anger. I've seen that. I've seen a woman in our own church group who did that. And she lashed out at me. She railed at me in anger. Pam Paget witnessed it on the telephone. She's no longer with us. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, and he goes on and lists many things that they are filled with. They aren't filled with all of these things, but here are samples of things that happen to them. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but take pleasure in them that do them. Do you like to see fornication on television? Does it stir you up and entice you to see a man and a woman who are attracted to each other and you know they're about to have sex? Does that thrill you to see that? It doesn't thrill me. I like to fast forward through it. I do not want to see those things. They appear on television shows. I don't like it. And sometimes you don't know they're coming, and all of a sudden it's there. Well, I grab my remote and fast forward. Pam is the same way. She doesn't want to see those things. She'll grab the remote and fast forward. But the world loves to see that. And many people in the world... Seek it out. I was speaking to one of our church group one time, and the subject of R and X-rated movies came up, and she said, but that's, of course, what we want to see. I was shocked. I don't want to see it. That woman's no longer with us either. See, these people come along, and they're with us for a while, and then eventually they're drawn away another way. There are several scriptures which are very vivid about those who choose the way of the flesh over the Spirit of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. In churches, I was always hearing somebody did something say, oh, that's under the blood. Well, it is under the blood if you did it before you were born again. But what if you do that sin after you're born again? Is it then covered by the blood of Jesus? That's not what Hebrews 10 says. They said, Hebrews 10 says if you sin willfully after 
You have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for your sins, but a fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despot under the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Well, what about the Bible teacher who was committing fornication? after he was born again. What about him? I think there's one hope for him, and it's in 1 Corinthians 5. Paul said, Turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, Don't associate with a brother who is a fornicator, a drunkard, an extortioner, a railer, an idolater, Leave them alone. Don't keep company with them. Now, we try to do the opposite, meaning we as churches. Often churches try to do the opposite. They want to pray for that sinner and counsel him. And that's not what Paul said. He said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Let his flesh be destroyed, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. And I do think that's the hope this person has who deliberately goes out and commits fornication when he knows the Bible and he is born again. Don't keep company with him. Let his flesh be destroyed. I think that's the hope for his salvation. But it is a very bad thing to willfully go against the things that you know are wrong when you are born again, and you have to fight, how do you fight? You ask God to help you. During the time of the temptation, help me, God. He will. If you want to be helped, he'll make the way to escape if you want to escape the temptation. Hebrews 6 says something very shocking. Verse 4, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have taste of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. After they have been born again, after they know the truth of the word of God, after they know these things, if they go out and commit adultery or fornication, it's impossible to restore them, this scripture says. Once again, I believe you turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord, and I believe you do that by refusing to keep company with them after they have done these things. 
I went to our Bible teacher when I found out he had a girlfriend. Nobody knew he had a girlfriend. I went to him and I said, tell me about this girlfriend. I hear you have a girlfriend. Yes, yes, he said, I do. I said, well, tell me about it. And he beat around the bush with me. And then I finally said, all right, now, are you having sexual intercourse with this woman? And he said, of course. I said, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can't have anything to do with you. I can't come to your Bible class any longer. I can't have anything to do with you. I can't keep company with you. He said, yes, that's right. He didn't care. This is our Bible teacher. There are many people that do not want a way of escape from sin. I do want that. I hope you do. There is a way to escape. Calling on God and walking in the Spirit, meaning following the things the Spirit brings to your mind, we keep the flesh crucified by that, by the Word of God. But if you want to be destroyed after you're born again, I know you can be because of Matthew chapter 24 where Jesus said in the last days, because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold, but he that endureth unto the end, the same will be saved. I know you can be destroyed. Second Peter 2, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of God and Savior Jesus Christ, they, if they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. That is Second Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. In the last days many will fall away from Scripture, and they will approve things opposite to Scripture in the churches, such as setting up idols, setting up statues, setting up that pictures of those long-haired Jesus, worshiping God in the flesh, which we cannot do. They will approve, some will approve things as adultery, fornication, even homosexuals, lesbians, drunkenness, and false doctrines which are opposite from the Bible. Overcoming is critical. To each of the seven churches in the book of Revelation, overcoming was a key instruction and a point of evaluation. You can read that in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. To each of the seven churches... Jesus said to him who overcomes. Then he says things like, I will not blot your name out of the book of life. To him that overcomes. 
We overcome our own flesh by seeking the way of God and by hearing from the Spirit of God and choosing the Spirit over the flesh. And we go in the way of God. That is overcoming. And it continues as long as we are on this earth. The Apostle Paul says those who go in the way of their flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. He said that twice. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Abusers of themselves with mankind, taking advantage of other people to make money. That's an abuser of themselves with mankind. Another one would be these college students are off there having drunken parties. These are things the world does. But if we belong to God, we must not do these things. And we overcome by calling on God for help and by going in the way of the Spirit of God who shows us to go an opposite way from this. There are a great many scriptures which refute the doctrine of once saved, always saved. I really have no doubt that we can fall away from God and destroy ourselves. That we must hold fast to scriptures. If your problem is fornication, all you have to do is read 1 Corinthians 6 and hold on to it because it says that he who commits fornication, even with a prostitute, becomes one flesh with that prostitute. And Paul says, you're going to make a member of the body of Christ one flesh with a prostitute? Well, even if she's not a prostitute. To make yourself one flesh with that woman through sexual intercourse, and that's how you become one flesh, is through sexual intercourse. You're going to be fragmented when you go out and have sex with one woman after another. Or, if a woman should do that, have sex with one man after another. How can you ever be whole again, especially if you are born again? You will be turning from the way of God. And you damn yourself. You really do. Paul told Timothy, take a little wine for the stomach's sake. A little wine, if you have a problem and you need that. I don't personally drink. It does not agree with me. But I am not opposed to having a drink. I don't do it because it doesn't agree with my body. I don't feel well after I do it. So it restrains me. But from the standpoint of the Bible, it is drunkenness that is a sin. Now, if you do that, that's evil. There's a scripture that says, Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So you have to consider that. One of the great problems today is sin is not being taught in most churches. You're not receiving these warnings. 
you're receiving another Jesus, another doctrine. Jesus is the word of God. Another Jesus would be another word. That's what you're receiving. And it's not these warnings. And it's, it's killing you. I had a dream about it in 1979. I heard first, destruction is everywhere. Destruction is everywhere. And later I came to know that was saying to me, destruction is already in all the churches where they have departed from portions of scripture and set up another doctrine. In this dream, I went into a room where a man was speaking to a group of people. I sat down and began to listen. Another man rushed in and said, wait, stop. Can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. The first man resumed speaking, and people didn't seem at all interested in what that man had said about it being already begun, but I was interested. I wanted to know what had already begun. I looked out the window. I saw a tall pole with a yellow civil defense type warning speaker on top of the pole. Out of the speaker was coming a gas, and I knew it was poisonous. It would kill the people. It was so shocking because the very thing that was set there to warn us was being used to distribute the poisonous gas that would kill us. I looked at the man seated next to me. He had a big smile on his face, and he was looking directly at the man who was speaking. And then I saw, this man's a corpse. He's dead. He's already dead. I looked at the other people in the room, and they were all dead. And as I sat among them, I felt that I was falling asleep as I listened to the man who was speaking. I began to drift off and fall asleep. I know that was the churches God was showing me. They were not warning the people. They were speaking a type of doctrine to lull them into peace and sleep, a type of false peace, feeling that they were all right, that they didn't have to stay alert, that they didn't have to be alert to sin. It's a type of doctrine which would appeal to people who are not born again. It's an I'm okay, you're okay. All you have to do is come to church. It's that type of doctrine. And the church is the place they're being poisoned. Well, that's what God showed me. You have to be alert. And in the end time, the sin is even worse. The deception is worse in the end time. That's what Paul told us. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy chapter 3. Much more deception in the end time. Much more sin in front of our face. Sin in the churches by not hearing the word of God, hearing another doctrine, letting us fall asleep. Sin on the television. Things you would have never seen in 1940 
are on the television today. Of course, I try to avoid them, but they're there. I see them in commercials. Some of the commercials I can't stand looking at. This is what today is, because we live in the end time before the return of Jesus. And before the return of Jesus, the Apostle Paul told us the churches would fall away. And God told me in 1982 when I read Second Thessalonians 2, where it says, Jesus will not come until a falling away occurs and the man of sin is set up. And that's in the churches. He will set himself up in the temple of God. And he will act as if he is God. Ruling over the church, casting out scripture. And God said to me when I saw that word falling away, it was not people were going to leave churches. Churches were going to leave the scriptures and set up other doctrine. That's exactly what we see. We're in a very dangerous time. Paul said it would be a perilous time. It doesn't seem dangerous. There isn't anything like World War II going on. But there is a danger, a great danger right now. And great temptations. And if you see sin long enough on your television set, it can get to seeming normal to you. It can even seem like you're wrong when you object to the adultery and fornication. That's what sin does. And your love for the word of God can turn cold and you can be cast away. He that endures to the end. I believe we endure to the end through praying over all the things that trouble us. Doing what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Everything, all day long. Is there anything that troubles you right now? If so, you are not praying correctly. You need to make a list of those things that you're concerned about. Take each one of them to God in prayer. Depend on God to show you what to do about it. You might need to cancel an appointment. You might need to avoid a certain person. Or there may be another way to go. That is what we have to do. By prayer, we connect with God. And by prayer, we stay connected with God. By prayer and by doing that which God shows us by His Spirit in the problems of this life. and meditating in specific scriptures that are brought to your attention by the Holy Spirit of God. For through meditating in the scriptures, you get strong enough to do the Word of God by keeping it before you day and night. I look at the scriptures almost every morning, I suppose every morning, the scriptures that I have collected that strengthen me in a certain way way of God that reinforced me and then again at night I looked at them before I go to sleep thinking on ways of God because I know it's very dangerous I know I could be cast away I know I could and I don't want to be 
That's how serious this time is. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.